0: Pretty much every automakers have stated some big strategic goals to generate 20, 30 billion of revenue from services for, for most of them. When you look at it, that translates in two, 300, up to kind of a thousand dollars per car from services. And they know it because they have seen what happened to smartphone companies, PC companies in the past. Hardware manufacturers, when software came to disrupt their industries, were left behind.
1: Vito Giallorenzo is a Senior Vice President for Corporate Development and Senior Operating Officer for IoT at BlackBerry, as well as the head of the BlackBerry Ivy Innovation Fund, which was launched last year in partnership with Amazon Web Services to invest in technologies making vehicles better connected. In this episode, we speak about BlackBerry's evolution from a smartphone maker to a premier software and cybersecurity provider, how the company's DNA and security run strong in the investments it makes today, and how car manufacturers know that they cannot afford to stop innovating on the software side of things, as well as many other topics. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you're listening, and keep an eye out for future interviews. Now, please do enjoy the show. So, Vito, it's it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for thanks for taking the time.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Perfect. Let Let's begin with uh, with you a bit. Tell us about yourself, uh, your background, and how you got into
0: CVC. Okay, so I'm the head of Corp Dev and the Chief Operating Officer of the IoT Business Unit at BlackBerry. And in this role, I run multiple initiatives. As part of my kind of COO role, I am mainly the general manager of our Ivy business line with all the functions on Ivy. And when we started this business line, Ivy is a data platform for automotive. We can talk about it, but we felt very strongly that we wanted to proactively build an ecosystem of solutions and applications, third-party solution applications that leverage ID. And so, we, and when I say we, as so myself and our CEO and obviously the rest of the team, was we decided to start innovation fund that helps startups joining our platform. And so I became a, call it a CVC almost as a result of a business unit that a business line that I launched. And then I also run corporate development. So obviously both the business line and the corporate venture fund end up in my organization, which actually might be atypical sometimes, but we found that it's actually extremely effective for at least for the type of investment and the type of focus we, we have.
1: You know it's interesting when when many people think BlackBerry, obviously they naturally think back to to the smartphone. You know, I I have very fond memories of getting that first phone with a physical keyboard. I don't know for for the younger listeners out there, maybe it's hard to believe that at one point, you know, you had to type out messages, you know, 555322. But obviously the company's been undergoing a transformation over the past decade or so into a much broader array of sectors, connectivity, IoT, cybersecurity. Can you kind of walk us through that evolution? And how BlackBerry Ivy and, and by extension, the innovation fund, which launched early last year fits into that.
0: Yes. So exactly our name was, you know, the brand name was so strong that it's still often associated to smartphones, even if we don't make smartphones anymore. So we exited the, defi- the device business, the smartphone business many years ago, and we have gone a pretty dramatic but very successful transformation from a device company to a software company. So today we have two business lines, all software. One is cybersecurity software, and the other one is IoT software, mainly automotive embedded software. That's our IoT division where I spend most of my time and where Ivy also is. Ivy comes from a co-development agreement that we've done with the AWS and It's it's a platform that allows really cars to become like phones, in a sense. Like building software on a phone, it's very easy. Like every mediocre developer these days can build an app for a phone very easily because it's all standardized, it's all intuitive, it's all easy. That's not what happens in automotive for a variety of reasons or complexities. And so BlackBerry has these very specific capabilities that Come from our mobile heritage and our core automotive business that it's a product called QNX that is a company Blackberry acquired a while ago and has been doing automotive software for more than 30 years. So we are really uniquely positioned to help turning kind of cars into mobile phones. And I think to do that, there are a lot of things that you need to do, but some of them are very specific about middleware embedded software. So the first line of codes on top of the operating system and the operating system that goes into this car systems. And that's where BlackBerry's unique know-how and expertise is. And that's where also AWS kind of decided to come to us and partner with us because we solve the complexity in the car. Once we solve that, once we allow to software abstract the car, they call it software-defined vehicles, then you can actually do and bring in all the beautiful, intuitive develop, cloud development applications and solutions that then allows you to build to build a car. So that's where the Ivy Initiative came from, was really a, a kind of combining our embedded expertise, AWS cloud development expertise to help automakers finally build application for their vehicles very easily like you do for a phone and we launched that initiative and then as i mentioned we launched the fund the ivy innovation fund attached to it to to bring third-party solution third-party developers especially startups to to the platform proactively
1: right. and and how was the ivy platform kind of set up it, it obviously like as you mentioned and it was in partnership with aws so did you say that they kind of approached you? Uh, how how's it structured? is it structured? Is it a kind of 50-50 arrangement?
0: Yeah, so it's obviously the, the detail of the arrangements are, are confidential. We're not allowed to, to disclose, but yes, we are in parties. It's a co-development and a co-marketing agreement. So we both bring engineers to, to the platform. So we're both building it together. At a high level, we are building the piece of the software that go in the car. They are building more the piece of the software that is in the cloud because Ivy is about, it's, it's an edge to cloud platform. We market it together. It's an exclusive arrangement, a multi-year arrangement, where neither party will do something similar with another vendor. And uh, yeah, I mean, we have been in touch for, for quite a while, but Amazon, AWS really realized that there are some very automotive-specific embedded capabilities that need to be done in order to take this car data to a cloud. And so they realized that the biggest player in that particular niche, which is the operating system of this automotive, it's BlackBerry QNX. So they came to us, while many people might not know, and many people might still think of BlackBerry as a phone company, people in, in in the automotive sector, they know that BlackBerry QNX is by far the largest... Most common operating system, so they needed an operating system. They needed a partner to to do that kind of embedded part, and um, and they came to us, and we we found pretty good common grounds because we are we don't overlap, you know. We do one piece, they do another piece. We're pretty similar in terms of philosophy. You know, our our engineers call themselves plumbers, like both of them, like they they basically we both want to do all the hard complex quote-unquote, boring middleware for our side and, and kind of cloud infrastructure for our side, heavy lifting, r and lifting, that a company should not do themselves because it's undifferentiated, but it's very critical in order to kind of build the solution. So we kind of both do that piece, and we're very complementary. The engineers got along very well together. So it's kind of an easy match, and so that's why we, we, we chose them. But you know, Ivy is a multi-cloud platform, so Ivy works also in Google Cloud and Azure and other clouds. But obviously, our main first partner and our special partner is AWS.
1: And the innovation fund itself came from the desire to bring in third-party developers. And the fund has an initial allocation of fifty million. How is the vehicle structured and capitalized? Is it kind of like a closed-end or evergreen? structure and is BlackBerry putting up all the capital for it?
0: Yes, so it's exactly. It's an internal fund. It doesn't have specific timeline. It's BlackBerry balance sheet. And, and, and really, for now, we wanted to be able to be flexible to invest in exactly what is strategic for Ivy and our business. So we don't have other investors And, you know, we're keeping it very closely aligned with, with our Ivy initiative. In the future, you know, we might, we might extend it, but I felt very strongly that, you know, it's really hard to achieve both strategic and financial, financial objectives. And obviously we want to achieve both, but we wanted to be very clear on what we needed from Ivy. And from Ivy, we needed another tool, an inorganic tool. To grow that ecosystem of third party mm-hmm. solutions that use our platform. And look, you know, we talked about BlackBerry of the of the previous days. One of the problems that Blackberry had, Blackberry, the phone business BlackBerry, was that they had that amazing hardware, that amazing software, but didn't have many applications. And that's why a lot of people ended up switching to, frankly, what they were subscale, you know, less Effective phones like the iPhones and Android phones at the time, because the application were there. So we definitely did not want to repeat what was clearly a mistake of the previous man- management team. And so we want to build a great technology, but at the same time, we want that technology to come with a lot of call it prepackaged solutions. And, you know, our CEO felt very strongly about it. I felt very strongly about it. So we didn't have a CVC a fund before, but. This was a good reason to, to do one and has been a pretty pretty successful experiment so far.
1: And could you talk us through the fund's focus areas and the kind of problems that you're trying to address and what you look for when you're trying to pick a
0: portfolio company? Yeah, so I would say the focus is definitely on what people call smart mobility and, and, and automotive. I would say it will likely broaden in the future in the same way our IV platform applications will broader. But you know, for now, realistically, most of the investments we're looking at are really around mobility and auto solutions. And it's companies, it's solutions that leverage or that could leverage our IV platform and in turn generate value and revenue for our IV business line and, and for themselves. Practically, the way we go about it, we, we really understand what future solution that leverage vehicle data are the most common ones, the most promising ones that our automaker customers are looking for and, and the market is looking for. Then we understand how and when Ivy and BlackBerry can add value to these solutions. It's typically every time a solution needs to access data from a vehicle and process the data from that vehicle to generate an insight. And usually we engage in these target companies early on from a business unit perspective to test the fit with Ivy, to test the fit with the customers. The good thing is that the customers in automotive, the, the automakers are a very small numbers and they're all our customers. So for us, it's very easy in a sense to do that. And then, you know, very importantly, we have, we have an ecosystem team dedicated to these partnerships and we have a product team dedicated to grow these partnerships. And then one of the tools we have to deliver these partnerships sometimes can be through an investment. So as I said, it's a very streamlined approach in a sense that we have specific areas and we know what we want. We know what our customers want and, and we go about it, but. It's still a long-term investment because, as you know, in automotive, it takes two, three years to get something in a car. It takes five, six years for that production to ramp up. So, you know, even if we might look at solutions that the markets need now, we're still talking about investments where revenue come several years down the line sometimes. Mm
1: -hmm. And what kind of factors would you say tend to determine the extent to which an OEM or a car manufacturer is keen to adopt? the kind of connectivity advancements and improvements that the fund's trying to support? I mean, obviously, there's the competitive element, right? So no one wants to get left behind or or, or stuck in the past. But what other factors make certain car makers perhaps more aggressive than others in implementing this kind of innovation, in your experience?
0: I have to say they have to. Pretty much every automaker has stated some big strategic goals to generate 20, 30 billion of revenue from services for, for most of them. When you look at it, that translates in two, 300 up to kind of a thousand dollars per car from services. And they know it because they have seen what happened to smartphone companies, PC companies in the past. Hardware manufacturers, when software came to disrupt their industries, were left behind and So if you listen to every now analyst presentation of all the big automakers, they all talk about how they're going to take data from their vehicles and generate all these services and solutions that in turn is going to add a lot of revenue on top of sale of the rolling stock of the hardware. So in a sense, the good thing is that they have to do it. I think I can recall a discussion with an automaker where the automakers told us, Oh yeah, you know, we don't really need to do what Ivy does, which is extract, normalize, process data and share it with applications. You know, we have to do it. I really think the only discussion sometimes is, do you do it in house? Do you do it with someone like us? So that's a good thing. The good thing is that the the, the opportunity is there. It's clear. The automakers are investing a lot of money. They're, they're building software teams of like thousands of people. And they need to build an entire stack of solutions for their car. It's, it's, it's a daunting task. It's a big task. And in the same way they take from us, they buy from historically from BlackBerry QNX operating system, hypervisor, a bunch of middleware components. We strongly believe and AWS strongly believes that they will also have to buy from us and they're better off buying from us this data middleware component to really be able to easily, more quickly, allow developers to build applications for their vehicles. As I say, the same way you can easily you know, use some Android or some other mobile platform to build applications and access data from your, from your phone. And so, look, Ivy really aspire to help automakers make this transition as, as quickly as possible. I mean, they have big goals, they have big ambitions, they have big targets. We can help them with a piece of it which is very very complex. It really requires deep expertise in how to build software inside a vehicle. And our team, which is our QNX team, is a company that BlackBerry acquired in 2010. I mean, but they've, they've done it for over 30 years. So we we have the presence and we have the capabilities to do it.
1: And let's take a look at the uh, the fund's investments so far. So we've got some electric vehicles which. Correct me if I'm wrong, optimizes kind of battery performance. And then car IQ, which creates solutions for car-based payments. These are both, quote unquote, for lack of a better term, vehicle-based, which goes to the core of, of what you're trying to achieve. It have to do with the car itself and the functionality. I, I'm curious, you know, to what extent are you also exploring the kind of enabling technologies behind that? So maybe 5G or edge computing, you know, small cell tower networks, kind of extra vehicular
0: IoT stuff, as it were. Yeah, so so we are. For example, if you talk about the call it, call it the connectivity side and the edge compute with five G, that's a very important topic because you need to connect the car and the data. Actually, one of the view in the industry is that some data will be processed in the vehicle, some data will be processed in the IoT edge in the five G edge some data will be processed in the cloud. So there is definitely a collaboration to do with telecom companies, for example. So we another initiative we have done is we we created um, Ivy Council of big partners. In that council, we have two telecom companies, for example. We have Verizon and we have Telos in in Canada. The way we think of it is that if it's a big company with usually big infrastructure and telecommunication is or smart cities, we likely don't need to invest. Our our fund is more targeted at small startups. So those are more organic partnerships. But we definitely see a lot of interaction between our platform and the infrastructure. The infrastructure can be communication, connectivity, can be for example, you mentioned Electra, can be charging grids. So yes, one piece of the electrification is optimizing battery performance and range, but there is another piece of this kind of problem is how you optimize the charging infrastructure, the, the loads. And that that involves data exchange with the vehicles too, because ultimately what will happen is that that electrical grid need to be able to predict where the charge will come from. And that will come from a computation that happens in the vehicle where ultimately one day will be, okay, there's going to be a load of electricity that needs to go to this area of California, because we know that at this time, that's where the charge. So there is a, there is going to be a very close connection between the car and the grid. And Ivy being, call it the data broker for all of this, will will play a big role. So we have already, less from investment side, but more from a partnership side, have also a lot of dis- discussions and partnerships or going with uh, electric grids, broadly speaking, players. Mm-hmm. What
1: about uh, like V2G technology? Is that something that you look at at all? Like vehicle to grid, kind of feeding back the electricity?
0: Yes, yes, yeah, no, exactly. Ivy, it's right now we're kind of connectivity agnostic in a sense. So we, we are the data, we just exchange the data. But yes, there are several specific use cases where between, you know, V2X and connectivity and smart grid where I think we we see... We we see that point. I admit the, the the first the first use cases that we hear from our automaker customers really relate to you know five G connectivity, electric grid sort of interaction
1: mm-hmm. in the car. Yeah, because I was looking at some um, you know information about Car IQ. Obviously, car based payments. What does that look like in like practical terms? If I'm in my car and I want to pay off my monthly insurance, is it like on the screen, or can I like Drive up to a drive-through and something, and and the I don't know something will recognize the car. How, how does that work?
0: Yeah, so it's payment. So it's payment for multiple things. It could be a part of the car, like your insurance, your lease payment. Could be like a toll. Could be and could be you know paying your Starbucks coffee if you want to. Although I think most likely people will continue to do that with their phone. The main value of something like CarIQ is that the entity that pays, it's the car or the truck. It's not the person. Yeah. So you don't need a credit card. For example, the, 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 the classic example is a fleet like the Amazon delivery truck or the UPS delivery truck. Without CarIQ, the company needs to give a credit card to Fernando, the driver, and then you go and pay with your credit card. And then someone in the back office needs to, to match that you were driving the car at that time. It, it's very complicated. It's a big business. There are companies that make a lot of money with these credit cards, but what, com- what car companies want to do is that when they offer you a fleet solution, for example, they sell you a truck, all of this come with it. So payment, yeah. when you're making a delivery, for example, your parking, your toll, your fuel or electrical charge will all be charged directly from the vehicle. And So that's, that's how it's going to work. Another thing that a lot of companies, a lot of car companies want to do is that they want to sell you a car, call it car as a service, right? So you're buying a car, maybe you're paying X thousand dollars a month, and that will include your lease payment, your insurance, everything. And so again, that payment needs to be attached to the car and not to you as a driver. CarIQ allows, allows to do that, and what Ivy does, Ivy allows a lot of the processing that needs to happen to authenticate a payment and trigger a payment in certain situation to happen in the vehicle. Because as you know, connectivity, especially when you're driving, it's not always there, it takes time. It, it costs a lot of money to keep streaming yeah. up and down the cloud from a vehicle. Latency is bad. So there are a lot of things that something like Ivy that allows to push the processing of data like a fraud detection or a payment authorization in the vehicle make the solution much better. So that's for kind of the customer. For for an for, for car IQ, if they didn't have Ivy, they needed to go to each single OEM and customize their solution, integrate their solution with the specific hardware that, that car had and tailor their machine learning model to that specific vehicle and they're just, we just simplify all of that for them because we are the interface. They build one with uh, once with Ivy and then they can go to each single automakers and, and just offer the solution. And that's, that's the value of Ivy. A lot of these companies are not embedded automotive specialists, but if they wanted to put their software inside a car, they had to become one because that industry is not standardized and the hardware is complex. Yeah. And we, we provide that translation for them And that's why a lot of companies like CarIQ or Electra that build solutions that needs to go inside a vehicle and needs to use the vehicle data, they find a lot of value in partnering with Ivy because we just solve a big engineering problem for them. And frankly, also a channel problem because we are already, you know, all these automakers are already our customers. We go to them, we give them a menu of things that they can do with solutions that are already integrated with Ivy. And even the automakers like it because they know how painful it is to integrate specific solutions into a car. So that's where I say we do a lot of the complex, boring work that make all these things happen inside a vehicle.
1: So it's like a template that can be uniformly applied across
0: customers. Yeah, exactly. We take the heavy lifting of integrating into each of our customer systems. And we make that translation for the rest of the world. So think about it. It's like an Android phone. I mean, simply, in a sense, you build an app on Android, and then Google worries about putting Android into a Samsung, putting Android into a Pixel. In a sense, we do a similar thing. But automotive has a lot of complexities, and automakers definitely don't want to become a hardware company. So we do it in a nice way. We play very nice with automakers because we do that translation. But at the same time, we give automakers absolute control on how the data is shared and choose exactly that tire pressure sensor or the autom- odometer signal can be shared with this application at this rate, at this time. And because, because they want to be paid for it. They want to monetize it. They don't want to be disintermediated, which, you know, like maybe sometimes happens when uh, a phone makers today adopts Android or some other solution.
1: So when the innovation fund makes an investment, is it safe to assume that that service that the startup does will be then integrated into the platform that can be then put across the OEMs that you work with?
0: Yeah, typically, typically, that's what happens. Again, we, we try to be reasonable, we try not to put, obviously, kind of, hard string attached to our investments. But we usually work with these companies earlier in the game. They understand Ivy. They realize that building their solution in Ivy, it's very easy. We want to make it. And they see us as the best channel to get to this automakers. So, so yes. Yeah. So typically when we make an investment, it's because the product people, the business development people have already realized that there is a great fit. And then usually they go and integrate their solution with Ivy. For example, both CaraIQ and Electra, they built a solution on Ivy that we demoed at uh, CES. That was done in a few months, literally a month or two. So it was very easy for them to do it. We went to CES. Lots of our customers showed up despite COVID. They saw it. And a lot of automakers asked us to do proof of concepts and demos to them, including Electra and Caraq solutions. So for example, we announced I think that Pateo, like a, a Chinese tier one with automakers there, they, they are considering they're doing a POC with us and, and, and Electra. So and that was one of the beauty, I think, of how we set up the fund that, that I like is that we can really bring concrete strategic value. Like we invested mm-hmm. in these companies, we ended up doing a demo that used those company solutions. We talk to our customers directly about this solution. We led our customer engagement showing the solution. We have already delivered proof of concept revenue to these customers. And when this proof of concept will be successful, we'll deliver production revenue to those partners. So the fact that everything, in a sense, both the Ivy fund and the Ivy business line fit in the same organization, which is my organization, we end up being able to drive this dialogue more quickly. Whereas maybe if we were two separate entities, then you make, first you make the investment, then you convince the business unit to work on it. The business unit has other priorities. And I think what I've learned when I set up the fund, talking to a lot of people in the industry, is that it, it becomes a little bit harder to do because, because sometimes the objectives are not necessarily aligned, whereas we have very aligned objectives between the fund yeah. and the business unit. And that is translating into pretty quick, an impactful value to the startups we invest in.
1: Yeah, I mean that, that's a sliding scale that that you know CVCs everywhere have to kind of grapple with, financial or strategic. And it, it sounds that you're quite aligned strategically. Well, what, what does that translate to in, in terms of uh, investment stage and and ticket size? I know, I think for if I'm not mistaken, uh, for Electra, it was the seed round, right? And, and I think around three point six
0: million. Yeah, seed. I think we we you know we'll, we haven't announced it yet, but we have made another seed, and we I think uh, Caracu was a Series B. So it's usually early stage, I would say, kind of seed to Series B. I think if a company it's bigger than that, most likely they are already fairly established, and we can have a partnership where we don't need. To invest in them to, to, to support their work. And frankly, we are such a big channel for companies that do these things that I don't think they need a lot of motivation to, to work with us. So I think for us, it's really to help s- smaller companies who make very innovative solutions that solve the specific problems that our customer wants to solve with IBM. So while our fund doesn't have, I mean, again, it's, that, that, that's the reason why we kept it um, Uh, kind of internal we don't have a target size we don't have a specific requirements of, of of stages practically we end up writing i think so far at least and i see for the next year or so smaller tickets earlier stages around make make more sense
1: and do you have a investment window for the 50 million or is it you know as and when the best opportunities come along
0: yeah it's as and when
1: you we were speaking earlier about the perception of, of BlackBerry as like a phone company outside the industry that you actually operate in. Like, you know the the car technology manufacturers know this already, but has it ever been a speed bump for you when you're trying to invest in a company that perhaps the the investee isn't isn't aware of that association yet?
0: Yeah, I, I, obviously the name, you know, has. Kind of such a strong name has always pros and cons. So sometimes it's a help, sometimes has been a speed. But in general, I think I would say for all of us uh, at, at Blackberry, not for the investment, because we invest in kind of deep tech, right? This is very deep technology. This is technology that you sell to usually engineers, data science, application developers inside an automaker, or inside a fleet company. So it's a B two B sale. It's a technical sale, and people in that industry, they all know QNX. QNX is, as I said, it's a it's it's a brand. It's a company that BlackBerry acquired from Harman actually in 2010. But that name resonates pretty quickly. So even if maybe someone says, "Oh, BlackBerry," I don't know, they used to make phones. But then if you're an auto- automotive person and say, "Oh, that's QNX," then they'll know it. So it hasn't really been an obstacle. I would say, and actually there are some attributes of BlackBerry that really help. So, for example, one thing that BlackBerry has always been known for, it's safety and security. You know, those phones worked; they were reliable, they were safe, they were secure. And when it comes to automotive, that's very, very important. Yeah, people were so like, yes, BlackBerry maybe has made some mistakes in the smartphone business a few years ago, but BlackBerry is synonymous of. Something that works, doesn't break, it's safe. And in automotive, it's very important. And what Ivy adds on top of it is the ability to control data privacy for passenger and drivers. Because without Ivy, without processing data in your vehicle, you basically need to stream all the raw sensor data from your car to a cloud, to an application that then will do whatever process they need to do, for example, to authenticate a payment or to calculate a battery range. With IVY, the automakers can reassure you that that process happens in the edge, in the vehicle. And the only thing that they share with the third-party provider is, yes, payment is authenticated, yes or no. or battery range, it's 200 miles. But they don't need to tell how you're driving, your speed, where you are, all of that stuff stays in the vehicle. So security, safety, privacy, ultimately, I think it's a big net positive when we talk to customers and partners.
1: And what's the competitive landscape like? Is it hard to get into these early rounds?
0: And that hasn't been so far, I would say no, because we are, um, yeah, we are seen as fairly strategic. It's really hard to sell to automakers. It's really hard. It's a it's it's a small industry. These companies like Ford, GM, Stellantis, you know, they're all our customers. They they have huge supplier power and and they're really hesitant to work with a small startup. And when you think about it, you're you're a very risk-adverse industry, you know. This this these things that you build can kill people, and they cost a lot of money. So There is a big concern in selling to someone who has not proven expertise in delivering safe and secure software, not proven expertise in meeting startup productions, because they're very, very tight. And so coming with BlackBerry, it's very valuable. We have seen with Electra, we've seen Caracube, going to a big automaker, tell them, we just attach our solution to BlackBerry. BlackBerry will deliver in your vehicle. It's very powerful to them. So, yeah, no, hasn't been tough. And, you know, we also invested in the earlier round. So maybe if we went into later round, it would have been uh, tougher.
1: And d- zooming out a bit, what areas that you focus on do you see as having the, the longest or the widest kind of runway for growth? Like, what, what are you most excited about at the minute?
0: Yeah, so I think we, we see it's almost green field because there are so many solutions that will come in a vehicle that today are maybe delivered through a phone. And this industry is transforming now. Automakers are evolving their vehicle architectures to allow the solutions now. So I think in the next two, three years, there's going to be a huge kind of creation of a lot, a lot of services. There are several areas where some of them we invested and some of them we're looking at where we we think there is a huge opportunity. I mean, obviously, anything that relates, we talked about electrifications and it, it's not just battery management, but it's grid management. It, that, that's, that's a huge area. All the automakers have stated to go all or almost all electrical in the next few years. So that will continue to be a huge area. I think there are a lot of services, monetization services that automakers are targeting when it comes to insurance, payment, commerce, entertainment in vehicle experiences that make your journey in the vehicle better that you are looking at. Some of these services are related to safety and security. And it's not just cybersecurity, it's actually physical safety fact. A crash happens, how you kind of the black box type of scenario in that crash, how you avoid it, how you then connect it to the insurance. So there is there is a lot there is a lot of use cases there that we see from automakers. And then I think there is just there seem to be a lot of enablement services. So underlying services and payments is just one where data brokerage is another where you actually set up the infrastructure to be able to monetize the the data from these vehicles. So I think those are some of the use cases. And Ivy, in a sense, it's agnostic to them. We are a middleware that allows to... Externalize the data from these vehicles to power to power these applications, but we are finding it very, very powerful to be to be able to go to the automaker and say, "I already have the solution working on AI." You know, they, they can choose someone else, and that's fine. We, you know, we onboard a lot of partners, but being able to come with an ecosystem attached to it has been pretty powerful.
1: Can imagine. And generally speaking, what would you say that corporates? writ large can do a a better job of or more of to kind of help their CVCs or the kind of innovation ecosystem as a whole?
0: We have been doing this for only one year. So, but but I think from our point of view, I go back to what I said before, I I think create a very good alignment between the business line and the CVC. I've heard, because I spent all the time talking to a lot of CVCs and a lot of startups when we were setting up the fund. And I've heard from a lot of people that including people who work in CVC, that you invest in a company. It's a good company. You come with a strategic pitch. And then sometimes it's hard in this gigantic organization to actually do what you promised that you would do with a startup, bring them customers, bring them product help and support and technology. And that sometimes can take a lot of time and startups don't have a lot of time. And so I think being able to be very clear and very direct on what exactly you do when you invest in a company as a strategic investor it could be too big enough and often just be you know financial support. That's fine too. But being able to really articulate what you do and then have a plan to do it immediately brings a lot of value to these companies. And again, we we have seen it at CES with the two companies that, that we invested in. We are seeing also with the other companies that, you know, we are investing in where we are already bringing them to customers. We're already including them in customer engagements that we're doing. And that brings real value to a startup because they can get money. If they're a good startup, they can get money er everywhere. But for example, they can't really get very easily a proof of concept deal with a large, gigantic global automotive manufacturer. And so. Promise that you can deliver that, but then have the organization set up to do it. I think it's very important. And we broke through that. We might be even very tactical in, what, in what, how we are doing it, but at least we can invest in what we can actually help and deliver.
1: Well, great. And and lastly, I want to ask, you know, what's next for you? What, what's in the pipeline? What, what does the future hold? Any, any clues you could give us about the, about the upcoming announcement? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, look, we're looking at what you mean in terms of companies we're investing in.
1: Yeah, 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 and and you know any kind of changes of any kind that you're looking to make.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, obviously, I don't want to steal the thunder of, from you know the company will will make their <laughs> announcement, but we, we're looking at you know few investment areas along the areas I mentioned before, and I think we are we are we are closing one soon, and we have a couple of others in the pipeline. You know, we are we are really plugging the the gaps or the requests from the industry and. What, what you will see from us is solutions that very directly help OEMs either making money with their data or saving money with their data. As you know there are a lot of ways to save money, or you reduce connectivity costs. as I mentioned, you, you do predictive maintenance and remote diagnostics. So there is an entire application of use cases in, in saving operating costs, and there is an entire set of use cases in monetizing that data. And I think you'll see us making investments, hopefully in the next few months, just in these two categories.
1: Well, I, for one, certainly can't wait to to see what you do next, Vito. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. And and thanks very much again for for taking the time
0: to to come on the show. Yeah, thanks a lot. It was fun. Thank you, Fernando. No problem. Thanks for having me.